This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Washington discussing a murder solved by two moms at a swimming pool. Then we'll talk about how a Seattle murderer slipped through the cracks of the mental health system. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Evergreen State. Washington State is one of the most beautiful states in the continental U.S. Lush greenery, mountains, the ocean, and the beach. There are plenty of outdoor things to do. You can go for a hike surrounded by majestic western red cedars. You can take a day trip over to Mount Rainier or go see the gorgeous Snoqualmie Falls. That's not your thing. Seattle has some pretty rad shopping, museums, restaurants, and nightlife. You can even venture over to Forks, Washington. You know, the one from the movie Twilight. Spoiler alert, none of the movie was actually shot here, but it's still kind of cool. Oh, Washington has some very neat places and tons of things to see and do. But just like seemingly every other state, there are very scary and tragic crimes that take place here. And no one does scary and tragic crimes quite like the Pacific Northwest. And my case is no exception. November 24th, 1989. It's a Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Mandy Stavik was home for Thanksgiving break. She's 18 and in her first year of college at Central Washington University. She just finished a big old Thanksgiving meal with her family and decided to go for a run. I am not running after Thanksgiving. Samuel's done that before. Really? And it was at my family's house, and everyone was like, is he kidding? And I'm like, no, no, he's, he's serious. No, no turkey coma naps here. Yeah. So Mandy had actually grown up in Alaska, but when her parents divorced, her and her siblings moved to Acme, Washington with their mom. So this is a small town. Everybody knows everybody, and they know all your business. Mm-hmm. She was a pretty popular girl. She had a boyfriend named Rick and was very active in all the sports, softball, cheerleading. She runs track. I did none of those things in school. (laughs) But Mandy loves her family. She loves spending time with them whenever she gets a chance. Her older brother, Brent, was killed in 1975 in Anchorage. He was shot. And his case is still unsolved to this day. But so she knew how important it was to be present and to be with her family. So Mandy always ran the same route when she was at home. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, her mom would actually ride her bike beside her. But it was Thanksgiving. Mom had turkey coma. Right. She was not riding the bike. (laughs) So she leaves around 2.30 with her German Shepherd, off on a run, usual route along the street where her house was, and then she'd run down to the river and then back. So a delivery man named David saw Mandy run past his van, and she was running towards her house when he saw her. Mandy's younger brother, Lee, was at one of his friend's house that was on the same road, and he saw Mandy run past the house, like, headed back towards their house. Mm -hmm. So Mandy's close to home, but she doesn't make it. Her dog comes back to the house and is sitting on the porch, but Mandy's nowhere. To How be. bizarre. She's, it's daylight, and she's literally on the road not far from her yeah, house. because you would think if something physically happened to her and she was still somewhere, her dog would be with her. Right. Or hmm. barking like somebody would have seen her or hurt. You would think. Yeah, yeah. So Mandy's mother calls Rick. And some of Mandy's friends, but none of them know where she's at. She was reported missing, and the search began immediately. Three days later, her body was found in the river just a few miles from her home in knee-deep water. She was naked except for her socks and shoes, and all of her clothing was missing. 
So she was about five miles from the road that she was running on. That's where she was found. That makes me wonder if someone put her in a car or something because the dog, I just don't think that the dog would leave her side if she was physically, right. you know what I mean, unless she got in a car. or And not attack. Yeah. Because, I mean, Rody would stay with me. Right. I'm sure this German Shepherd would. Right. That's that's unusual. So Mandy had been raped. Ugh. She had scratches on her arms and legs from blackberry bushes. She appeared to have tried to maybe run away and was struck over the head and was unconscious when she was dumped in the river and left to drown. And that was ultimately her cause of death, asphyxia by drowning. So police believe that Mandy was abducted by someone driving because she was a fast runner. Yeah, that's true. Good point. I, you would not have it's to not, try very hard. Right. I'm not it's a not fast runner. It's not just like I'm running from, waddling away from someone. It's like, she's a legit runner. She, yeah, she does yeah. track. So like, she's zooming yeah. and looming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DNA was taken from inside Mandy's body, even though all of this was in its infancy. They right. still took it and saved it. And thank goodness for that. There were no matches in their system. They also took saliva swabs from 30 men in the community, but none were a match. Police thought that maybe Mandy had been followed along the way she was running. So David, the delivery driver, told police that when he saw Mandy run past, he noticed that there was a truck close behind her and there were two people in their 30s inside the truck. Another man was seen close to where she went missing, and a sketch artist drew a sketch up, and it was released. Police also spoke to Rick, Mandy's boyfriend. He was very cooperative and gave the police everything that they had asked for, so he was pretty quickly ruled out. So the case goes cold. There's no leads, no witnesses, no DNA matches. There's just nothing. So fast forward. June 2013. Wow. Two women. Heather Backstrom and Marilee Anderson are at a water park with their kiddos. They're there with a group of a bunch of other moms and just sitting and chatting. So these girls went to the same high school as Mandy did, but they weren't friends. Like these two girls aren't even friends. They just kind of sat beside each other and started talking. Yeah. Like they barely knew each other. So... Of course, they start talking about Mandy's murder because it's an unsolved case. Mm -hmm. It's from where they're from. Yeah, I would too. I mean, moms like to talk about true crime shit. So they're chatting it up and Marilee tells them, I think I know who killed Mandy. Huh? It's a man named Tim Bass. And what Heather didn't say is she thought it was this Tim guy too. What? She'd never told anybody that. This is the thing. It's like small towns. Yes. Always kind of like, oh, we know who did it. But. Right. Right. So Tim lived on the same street as Mandy, but police never thought it was him. He was never questioned. His DNA was never taken. Um, She was also friends with his younger brother. Like this guy was never even on the radar. Wow. Which I would think they would question Everybody on the street. If you're on the street and she's jogging. Yeah. Have you seen anything? Well, and and it makes me go, well, what 30 men in the community, like, obviously probably sex offenders that were registered. but It was probably people with a record. Right. But but still, people on your street that are men that could be in their 30s. Hello. Yeah. Yes. So. Heather and Marilee both had previous creepy experiences with Tim. So they just kind of had a gut feeling. So Marilee knew Tim because he was friends with her husband. So she's at home alone one night with her little boy. And Tim shows up. And he asks if he could use her, her phone to call his wife. So he picks the phone up and dials a bunch of numbers. And she hears a like a disconnected re you know pre-recorded automated thing so she's like he just dialed a bunch of fucking numbers so she thinks he deliberately called the wrong number he then walked into her bedroom where she was with her son and tells her i'm in love with you and i want to make love to you ew very ew and she's like if you don't leave right now i'm calling the police what a weirdo and heather had 
of course, when they were in like high school or, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day, had ridden in a vehicle with him like to get some fast food. And he was like tracing her leg with his finger. Just creepy. Ugh. So they both just kind of got the, the heebie-jeebies yeah. from him. Mm-hmm. So they're both convinced that this is the dude that did it. So they contact an old classmate who was actually a detective and kind of get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Kind of like, you guys didn't look into him. Maybe you should. Maybe just see if mm-hmm. his, you know. So, like I said, Tim's family's home was a few houses down from Mandy's family home, and the families knew each other. Tim had went to the same school that Mandy had. He was 22 when she was murdered, so he was older. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, he'd never been contacted about her murder at all by the police. So Tim's brother, Tom, and their father, Tim and Tom, Tim and Tom and their father, none of them were questioned. No DNA was taken. And like I said, I would figure they would ask everybody. Maybe not for DNA, but maybe for it DNA. Just question, did you see a strange car yes, down a truck. the street? Did you see her run by? Basic. Everyone on the street should have been questioned. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not a police investigator, despite what I think. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> so, actually, six weeks after Mandy's murder, Tim gets married to a girl named Gina, and they move away. Convenient. So, you know, fast forward. It's 2013, whatever. And they finally talk to Tim. He's working as a delivery man for a commercial bakery. They ask him about Mandy, and he acts like he has no idea who she is, and he has no idea what they're talking about. You would remember a girl on your street being violently raped and murdered. I'm sorry. Um, even if you weren't It's a small town. Guilty. Even if you weren't guilty. You would remember that. Yeah. On your same street, and she was friends with your brother? Mm-hmm. So immediately the police are like, oh, yeah. what? Even if, like you said, even if you didn't do it or six degrees of separation, you know, you would know. It's too convenient for him to be like, I have absolutely no idea. Who is that? Who's she? I never heard of Mm -hmm. her. Yeah. So then they ask him to provide a DNA sample and he refuses and says he doesn't trust him. They question his wife, and she says, he was with me all day the day that Mandy was abducted. <sighs> Don't what lie do you for your husband. You mean the girl that he had no idea who you were talking about? <sighs> he was with you? You remember that day? All the way back then? I'm going to be, I would ha- have absolutely I can't remember no what I did on idea. Monday. I, I would be honest in saying, I on, I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. No idea. I know where I lived at the time. I'm, two two years ago, gun to your head. I'm like, Lacey. No, I couldn't be someone's alibi. Were you with me on this Tuesday in 2020? Yeah, mm, like, I don't know. Maybe. Well, Could have been. been. Yeah. Let me check my Snapchat <laughs> and see if there's any memories. <laughs> go through time hop. That's the only <laughs> proof I would have for real. No. I mean, yeah, I'd be the same way. So police go to his job. They talk to his manager. And Tim's employer is like, listen, I... Can't let you look through any of the details in his delivery route because you don't have a subpoena, which is legally they didn't have to. So later on, his manager would say, I didn't know they were investigating him for Mandy's murder. But when she did find out a couple of years later, a couple of years later, she calls the police and tells them that she's going to find something with Tim's DNA on it and maybe they can get something out of it. Hmm. So three months after that phone call, she swipes a Coke can, and the DNA from it matches the DNA that was on Mandy's body, and Tim is arrested in 2017. Man. Yes. So when police tell him, listen, your DNA matched, he flips the script and says, well, her and I had been having a secret sexual relationship for a while. Sure. The girl you didn't remember? Yeah. Mm-mm. So Tim pleads not guilty. Tim would see Mandy run past his house. And that day, he abducted her and then raped her, strikes her over the head when she tried to run away, and then dumped her in the river. His wife testified that he told her she would have to lie for him and say he was with her that day or he would go to prison. She said that he asked his mom first if she would lie and say that his deceased father was the one that actually killed Mandy. 
But his mom would later on say that that didn't happen. That's not true. I think it probably is true. Good Lord. Yes. So Gina claimed that throughout their marriage, Tim was very abusive and controlling. I mean, you knew from, I'm not blaming her, but I, I mean, know. like, in the very beginning, mm-hmm. she knew. Mm-hmm. She knew he killed her, right? I, I'm or assuming. Or was she just kind of. Or maybe he came to her later and was like, hey, they're going to ask you. You better tell them I was with yeah, you. Yeah, maybe she didn't know for sure and didn't want to know. Right. But, oh, my gosh. That's awful. So Tim's brother, Tom, testified that Tim had asked him to say he had a sexual relationship with Mandy, too. What? But Tom said no. He's creating, he's trying to create a, because it's DNA. He's just asking all these freaking people. His brother. Who would do and that? And his dad, you've got to lie and say, you also. Who would want to take the fall for that? No shit. Why would you even ask? And uh-uh. also, you're telling all these people? Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-mm. Tom claimed that when Tim's girlfriend ended their relationship when he was in high school, that Tim changed. And he hated all women. He hated women. He was butthurt. You're a high schooler. He's done with everyone. I mean, clearly not Regina because he married her. But he went through a, a, a rough patch where he hated all the women. And he even referred to his boss at work, who was a female, he just called her woman. That is so disrespectful. Hey, woman. Wait, he talked to her that way? I guess. Listen, no, so. you fired her. Yeah. Man. I mean, that's not anything. Oh, hell it's no. not derogatory. I mean, legally, it's not like she's, he's cussing her or calling her anything ugly. She is a woman. But it's just one of those things oh, where it's no, like. Oh, no, I know. You're, I know. There's, there's definitely an undertone oh. to that. <laughs> yeah. So, May 24th, 2019, the jury convicted Tim of Mandy's murder. He was sentenced to the maximum of 320 months, which is about 26 years in prison. It's not a life sentence because they couldn't seek that because it had not been premeditated. And I watched a couple of specials. There was an ID show. They all kind of run together. I can't remember that each show, but there was also a 48 hours that I watched on this and a podcast and then Murderpedia. It's amazing how many times this happens where a man just sees a pretty girl jogging, then they just go follow them, rape and kill them. Just like it's, they're taking care of business. Like it's their right. Well, you were there. Yeah, I was fucking exercising. Or in my so case, I was running after my dog because <laughs> I'm not just running outside for no yeah, reason. I, mm. But you don't have, yeah. There, it's like how many really times do you hear nothing, nothing up there that makes them think I'm about to commit a bunch of crimes? I don't know. How many times do you hear of a man being raped and murdered while he's out running? Um, you don't. Yeah, I'm well, not saying it hasn't happened, right. but not. It would be more likely to happen a man doing it to another man. Right. Then oh, for a sure. female, because, you know, I wish I was stronger, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to. Well, you're not chasing anybody down. No. So that's my terrible story. That is. Let's take a break because my story is going to be bad, too. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In July of 2009, 39-year-old Teresa Butts and her partner, 36-year-old Jennifer Hopper, shared a home in a one-story Red Rambler house just south of downtown Seattle. The neighborhood was called South Park. Are you familiar with it? The show? No, the neighborhood, (laughs) because your dad lived in Seattle. Okay. Well, according to Eli Sanders, South Park is accustomed to a tougher brand of urban life. He said, people do for themselves when they can. When they can't, they carry on anyway. Unpredictable characters wander in from dilapidated budget motels across the river, and airplanes on their final descent howl over past. 
He's really selling this place. <sighs> Sorry, Hal passed overhead. Anyway, you may wonder why they would live there and why they would buy a house there, but they felt comfortable because it consisted of many diverse groups. Sure. In terms of both race and sexuality, one of the lesbian women residing there said, in areas like this, people don't have time to worry about sexuality. Plus, Teresa and Jennifer lived on a quaint, quiet street. I think we think, oh, it was 2009, but that's not that long ago. And in Washington State, same-sex marriage wasn't even legally recognized until December 6, 2012. Oh, it's wow. hard to remember that. It seems yeah. like, oh, 2009, so we're so up-to-date on, no. So it was still touchy for same-sex couples to live together. I mean, it still can be now, sure, honestly. depends on, yeah. Teresa was a downtown property manager and a volunteer board member for a group devoted to helping the homeless, and Jennifer was an accomplished singer. They had just decided on a date for their commitment ceremony, September 11th of that year. They wanted to have a rehearsal dinner at their favorite local bar called Loretta's. Called Dugan's. <laughs> <laughs> Late one night on Friday, July 18th, Teresa and Jennifer were eating there and having drinks when a man walked in. The bartender, Amy, got a weird vibe about him. She said, he's just one of those people who walked in. The minute he did, she felt sick. She said he was talking fast. He was all over the place. He told her he was just released from prison and only had a few bucks. He bought a couple of beers, and after he drank them, he went back out into the night. Just a little while later, Teresa and Jennifer walked home. Once they got back to their house, they watched a movie and went to bed around midnight. Little did they know that while the city slept, one man would crawl into their bathroom window <gasps> in the middle of the night. No. I'm so glad my bathroom doesn't have a window. <sighs> I know. Unless I was chased in there by a murderer and then I'm fucked. I know. And the next part is graphic, so skip ahead if you don't want to hear the details. It's, Jennifer woke up around 3 a.m. to see a man standing over her. And he was completely naked. Mm -mm. And he was holding a large butcher knife. Mm -mm. He said, I won't hurt you. All I want is some pussy. <gasps> oh my gosh, Lacey with the P word. <laughs> then he told them to take off their clothes. And of course he was lying. He was going to hurt them. Over the course of the next hour and a half, he repeatedly sexually assaulted Jennifer and Teresa. He forced them to engage in multiple acts of vaginal, anal, and oral sex with him. Oh, my God. Yeah. He also ejaculated inside of both women. After a second series of assaults, like, it, it was rounds. He did this, like, in rounds. It's okay. awful. This, I'm going to make an off-the-cuff comment here. So, forgive me, or just come for me, not Lacey. We hear about this a lot mm -hmm. in these sexual assault cases to where it's multiple times in a very short period of time, and I'm going, how? I don't know this man. You know, like, I don't know any man that doesn't it. I mean, I'm not trying to be vulgar, but the stamina is lost on the murderers. Yeah, it is. You know what? I, mean, I don't no, know if it's adrenaline. I don't know. I'm not a man. I don't know if it's adrenaline or if it it's maybe they seem, take something that makes yeah, them. Yeah, I do wonder because it does seem like often in these cases they're multiple times they're having sex multiple times and i'm just like how like why are you doing i don't know i that's a good point because i don't know how they can keep going yeah. and going and then go again and again and again maybe it is adrenaline maybe i don't know they could some of them probably do take something so yeah but in this case i have no I mean, idea it doesn't matter i mean it doesn't matter it's just it and it's awful. It's, it's like, really freaking already done this. Just be gone. Right. Like, you're doing it again. And how To both women. Yeah. And how horrifying to be there <sighs> with your partner. Oh, I know. And awful. watch them violate them, too. That's, that's oh, it's awful. so sickening. It's, mm. So after the second series of assaults, he told them this was only the beginning. <laughs> there were, like, three rounds, kind of is what Jennifer said later on. Like, right. he did all this stuff. And then he did it to both of us, did it again, did it again. How he did it so much, I, it's awful. And to know that that's coming again. And had a knife on them, you know, the whole time. So Teresa and Jennifer both prayed out loud throughout the entire ordeal. While he was sexually assaulting both women, 
he was also cutting them with his butcher knife. <gasps> so he had a knife on them, literally oh piercing them the whole time. God. He repeatedly cut their necks. And then he started getting more and more aggressive as he went on. And at that point, Jennifer was losing quite a bit of blood from her neck. And Teresa noticed. Eventually, Teresa was able to kick the man off of the bed. And then she and Jennifer were trying to fight back. The man punched Teresa in the face and knocked her across the room. Oh, my God. And I'm talking this punch was so hard he broke her. He broke teeth. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine punching someone so hard that their teeth break. So that's the f- kind of strength he had on on them. Uh-huh. Then he started stabbing her in the chest and in the upper arm. This is awful. It's, it is. Teresa grabbed a nightstand and managed to throw it through their bedroom window, and it broke, and she dove out it. And she had been stabbed in the heart. And she did all this after she had been stabbed in the heart. Meanwhile, the man was distracted because all of this was going on. Jennifer ran out of the, the room and went out the front door. Oh, my God. She saw her partner, Teresa, lying in the street covered in blood. Jennifer ran to a neighbor's house across the street and pounded on the door. That's when the intruder, the attacker, grabbed his clothes and fled the scene. A 14-year-old neighbor named Diana Ramirez, ran out of her house to help the couple. I could not even imagine seeing this at 14 years old. Mm-mm. She tried to stop Teresa's blood with her own clothing. Oh, my god! And also used some towels, but she couldn't stop it. It was so much. It was her neck, her chest, her heart. Teresa died with Diana and Jennifer beside her. She pleaded for them to tell her mother that she loved her. Oh, my God. And she also cried out, He told us if we did what he asked us to do, he wouldn't hurt us. He lied. He lied. Oh, I know. So I'm sad. just like, ugh. Jennifer did survive, but she still needed to get medical attention because her neck was also bleeding. She was losing a lot of blood. When she was released from the hospital... She helped the police produce a sketch of the suspect, a young black man with a thin mustache. He was about six feet tall and had a muscular build. The sketch was posted in every window of every single business and house in the neighborhood, on every street post. It was everywhere. Amy, the bartender at Loretta's, saw the sketch and her heart sank. She was afraid this was the same man that was in the bar that night. Mm -hmm. So she told police about the incident, and they told her, "Thanks, you know, thank you for the information, but don't talk to the press yet." So the cops grabbed surveillance tapes from that night to see if they could get a good look at the man. In the meantime, the attacker left a sloppy crime scene behind. I mean, DNA, fingerprints, semen, just everything. On Friday, July twenty ninth. Police released two surveillance videos to the public, each showing a black man lurking around a dark alley. A local bus driver recognized this man, Isaiah M. K. Kalebu, and this was a man with a record. According to court records, Isaiah was an unstable 23-year-old. 23? Yes. And in March of 2008, threatened to kill his mother after she demanded he take his medication. Because he was bipolar. He flashed a knife at her to make his point and broke the windows of her van with a rock and calmly said, enjoy your last day on earth. She called the police on him. So for this, he faced charges for domestic violence and harassment charges and was sent to Western State Hospital for mental evaluation. There, he was found mentally incompetent. But then after four months, he was found mentally competent. I know. I'm like, wait, what? Like he went through some treatment or something? I mean, maybe he wasn't taking medication, so they got him regulated and started taking his meds, and he sure. was competent. And then yeah. when it, once he was gone, he's like, yeah, no. So he was released into the care of his aunt. Obviously, going back to his mom was not an option. Then, a year later, his aunt died in a suspicious arson. Isaiah was, of course, questioned and a person of interest, but he was released because there wasn't any evidence to tie him to the crime. 
he failed to show up to his court hearing regarding the charges relating to his mother, and the prosecutors asked that he be held in jail based on his mental instability and the fact that right before she died, his aunt placed a restraining order on him. I mean, what a coincidence, right? The judge declined to do so, and six days later is when he attacked Teresa and Jennifer. Isaiah was a son of a Ugandan immigrant who had routinely beat his mother. Mental illness ran in his mom's side of the family, and Isaiah was known to wander the streets talking nonsense while walking his dog. He was first diagnosed as bipolar in 2008, but refused treatments and meds. Because of this, his psychotic episodes increased. With each untreated psychotic episode, the brain becomes more vulnerable to having a more severe or prolonged attack. So each time someone has a psychotic episode, they get worse and worse. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's not good. Isaiah was constantly in and out of the court system and was on authorities' radar throughout his entire life, yet still managed to slip through the cracks. And the biggest reason for this is the extremely overburdened and underfunded mental health system. Because there aren't enough resources to hold someone indefinitely in an institution, the courts rely on the prison system, which of course does no good. It just keeps them off the streets temporarily and doesn't give them any mental help at all. And also, I want to add that Amy, the bartender, said Isaiah was not the man that came into the bar. I was going to ask. It was a relief for her because she was so worried that by giving that man beer, she somehow, you know what I mean? Right. Lessened his inhibitions and he committed the crime. So Isaiah left a ton of evidence behind and, of course, he matched all of it. Jennifer Hopper was also willing to testify about the attack that changed her life. The King County prosecuting attorney James Conat said this was the first time in nearly 20 years that he had an intended homicide victim survive and actually come to court and testify about what happened in front of them. Jennifer's heart-wrenching testimony had the court reporter, the bailiff, and the entire room in tears. Jennifer was deemed the bravest woman in Seattle. Isaiah Calebu was bound, shackled, and wheeled into a sealed courtroom on a higher floor. He was strapped into a suicide schmock, which prohibited escape and self-harm. The judge asked him if he knew anything about the events that occurred in the early morning hours of July 19th, and he replied, I was told by my God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to attack my enemies, and so I did. On July 1st, 2011, the jury found Isaiah guilty on all counts, guilty of aggravated premeditated murder in the first degree, felony murder, attempted premeditated murder, rape in the first degree, and burglary in the first degree. He was sentenced to a mandatory sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. After the verdict was delivered, Ramona Brands, one of Isaiah's defense attorneys, said of Jennifer, she was the best witness I have seen in my 14 years as an attorney. Jennifer addressed Isaiah in court and said, I wish you no harm. I don't seek revenge. I wish you peace every last day of your life. She's now advocating for survivors, speaking about her ordeal in public forums, an act which she says helps heal the profound loss of the love of her life. She's committed to keeping the memory of Teresa alive. With the help of friends and family, she formed the Angel Band Project, a nonprofit that uses the power of music to help the victims of sexual violence heal. She said the scars on her neck sometimes sting when she's singing, and it's her reminder of how lucky she is to be alive. Oh, I know. She wrote an article herself titled, I Would Like You to Know My Name. And in it, she writes, Many women don't report rapes, and among those who do, many don't testify. I understand why. There can be such a level of shame, and the conversation out there a lot of the time is, what did the women do to bring this on? In our case, it was, why was your window open that night? Well, that's not why we were raped. Or in other cases, that woman wore a short skirt or opened the door to a stranger. 
and trials can end up being about whether the woman is lying or what else she did to supposedly try and make this occur. I know they were just doing their jobs, but I felt the defense attorneys tried to do this to me at some points. All I can say is I think there's a tremendous power in testifying in saying, this happened to me. And if you can, showing that you have a name, a voice, and, hey, I know this is one of the hardest parts because it's more than I'm ready to do right now, a face. And I'll link up this article. It's very well written and thoughtful. Her testimony also inspired author Eli Sanders to write a magazine story called The Bravest Woman in Seattle, which I used as a source, and this won a Pulitzer Prize. Then he went on to write a book called While the City Slept about the case, and it also examines the life of the attacker who slipped through the cracks of the mental health and justice systems. The book's really good. I read excerpts of it, what I could for free online. But in it, he explains the recession in 2008 caused an estimated $4.3 billion to be cut from mental health services, and only a fraction of those have been restored. Additionally, a study in spring of 2014 found there are now 10 times as many mentally ill inmates in this country's jail, which would be over 350,000, as there are in state-funded psychiatric hospitals. I'll get off my soapbox now, but that's messed up. (laughs) It's like they're just in there typically for smaller crimes temporarily. Nothing's getting fixed. It's a Band-Aid on a whole big problem. But that's my case. Well, that's terrible. Something about, I mean, they're all awful, but man, writing this one just really was sad. I think it's because there was a survivor, and I read so much coming from her, and it's just... Man, and also to be so forgiving to someone, I definitely wouldn't be able to be like that. No, I wouldn't either. I respect all kinds of people who can forgive and can't forget because that's, man, there's no way. No, there's, (sighs) that's, that's so awful. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just in bed. One of the worst well, anytime Ugh. you're attacked in your home, so violated that's your safe place. in so many ways. Yeah. Ugh. And that Teresa just freaking throws a chair at the window, dives out, and all that after she's been stabbed in the heart. She's like, This isn't my chance. Oh my God. She probably didn't think about herself. She's thinking about her partner. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, switch gears because these were sad cases. So, our good news is we have new patrons. Yay! And one joined, like, right when you got here. So I'm, I don't even know her info. I'm going to have to look it up live. Well, cool. Not live for y'all. But Christine R. from Connecticut. And she's our first Connecticut. Yay. Patron. That's exciting. That is very exciting. It's the little things. She has a photography Insta at ChristineElizabeth.photo. They're all really good pictures. And it has me wanting to go to Cape Cod. But thank you, Christine. I always want to go there. I've never been, but I'm sure I've never been either. But now it makes me think of that American American Horror Horror Story. (laughs) Christine, how similar is it to American Horror Story? Please let us know. Do you have vampires? And we have Melody H. that just joined us from Ohio. Thank you, Melody. Thanks. Is she our first one? We have some, some Ohio folks, but she's in good company. Yeah. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. And I have a correction from last week. Is it me? No, it's me. (laughs) So my sister-in-law, who is British, sent me a DM saying, I now have to consult her before ever pronouncing a city in the UK again. Oh, boy. (laughs) Apparently, it's not reading Berkshire. It's what it looks like. I didn't even question that it was pronounced differently. I just was like, reading Berkshire. What is it? Well, let's see. She sent me her own voice saying it, but now I can't remember. I think it's like Reading Berkshire. Berkshire. <laughs> That's as close as I can say it personally. I mean, I'm I'm from the South in America. Sorry. I try. We try. We mispronounce a lot of stuff. And guess what? You would too. Yeah, Just you saying. really would too. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I mailed out our newest patron shirts, so those folks will be getting them this week. I've seen someone post them in the Patreon-only Facebook page that they got theirs. Cool. And I'm going to ask a favor. Take a pic in your shirt and tag us. Yeah, Lacey keeps saying, like, 
put your shirt on and take it. I'm like, it's too yeah, hot. Yeah, because we, we want to, we have more that we bought and we're going to sell them, but I haven't posted because we haven't taken a picture of them on us and it's too hot. We're it's too, too hot. sweaty. We don't want to model these photos. Mm-mm. So yeah, tag us. We'll share it and we want to see how you rock your swag. And also for everyone, if you like us, please leave us a review on Apple because it's free and it helps us. I don't know how it helps us, but it does. It does. Just trust it just us. does. And we'll send you a sticker. DM us your address and we'll mail you mail you a new sticker. Win-win. So what else? What's new with you? Other than you have two dogs now. I have two dogs now. Craziest I, thing I thought I I'd ever. So mm-hmm. I now have a Morky. His name is Casper. <laughs> so I have Casper and Wendy. I do freaking love the names. I'm not going to lie. They're, they're adorable. Very, they're very cute and they're, they, they're quite the, the odd couple in terms of like they're size like and the looks. show twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it's they're like very, you have the curly tight hair, the like long, very the yeah. long hair. He's more like so. a, the Yorkie hair. Anyways, they're quite, quite the yes, characters. I they can. like each other. It's That's fun. Good. So he is keeping Wendy company, which Whoa. is what you were really. I got Wendy a dog, yeah, essentially, she, <laughs> and she thinks it's hers now. So she That's thinks great. it's like it's her baby, Aww. but he's never going to get any bigger. So. That's so sweet. I I love the odd pairing. He's he's something, but he's <laughs> a little dude. He he's got little man syndrome and thinks he's the he size he's of a big dog. He does think he's a Doberman, so it's quite funny. I do love that. Ugh. But can we talk about the alien situation? I was hoping you would bring that up because I don't know much about it. I just don't care. I'm like, yeah, take me. Listen. No. <laughs> Come. So. Overthrow our leaders. I don't care anymore. Listen. So, crashed aircrafts, UFOs, have been confirmed and non-human biologics were found on board. We've been knowing this. I have. Lacey's still not a believer, but I have known this. My thing is, how is it just now? It's not. They've known about this. People have such, people rat, not rat, what's it called, whistleblow all the time. Well, I feel like people have been whistleblowers in the past about this. But people just think they're crazy. They think they're crazy. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. They think they're crazy. Yeah. So David Grush, I'm probably mispronouncing that right. He um, went to a congressional hearing on July 26th and says that basically they... He did confirm that there are crashed UFOs. Lacey's looking at me like I'm crazy. No, I don't not believe in extraterrestrial life. I just... Non-human biologics were found on board. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. And he says that they have caused harm to humans, that he's witnessed it. See, that's the part where I'm like, wait, what? So, I mean, my head's exploding right now. This, everybody's been knowing this since the 30s. Shit's getting real weird. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I'm here for it, as long as you don't hurt me or my kid. I mean, think about it this way. If they've been around this whole time, they haven't gotten us so far. I don't think that they're like weird green men with big eyes. See, I, that's my thing. I think they may look like us. I've always thought, like, okay, now I'm now I'm getting Woo-hoo! turning into a weirdo. But my thing was, and it's probably because I love the show Fringe. That's more about parallel universes mm-hmm. and stuff. But, like, what if there's another place that's not called Earth, but it, like, is Earth, and it's just like this, but they're just different. You know what I mean? And we're their aliens. I 100% <sighs> believe that there are. Because there's a huge, the galaxy, we don't even, we can't see well, it we're, all. we're in one galaxy, mm-hmm. the Milky Way, and we're, the planet Earth we're is teeny tiny. We're a little tiny. speck in the grand scheme of all the things. We're so. a tiny speck in the Milky Way. And yeah, that's one exactly. galaxy of billions of galaxies. That's why I don't doubt there's stuff out there. I think there is. I'm just like the big-eyed alien creatures coming through yeah, your window. That's what I have a hard time believing. Well, I've been on all the TikToks and YouTube oh, and man. news and video footage, and I'm jumping in with both feet. Well, what are they saying they look like? They haven't. And a lot of the stuff you can That's go. That's what I want to know. You can go on and look at this little congressional mm-hmm. meeting that they had, where everybody was asking questions, and watch it. My biggest fear is this is all going to come out as this a giant hoax, and they've tricked us all. And I'll be like, God damn it! I know there's aliens. Why do you play with me <laughs> like this? I I would lose my fucking mind. We're on if your I saw team. One. <laughs> yes. I mean, how tall are these guys? 
Did my dating pool just open up? How did we find them before we found their planet? They're smarter than us if that's the case, right? And it's so far away, I'm sure. They've got to be old. Who knows? I I don't know. know. One of my things is when I start thinking about space and galaxies, I start panicking. Like that show with Neil Tyson. Yeah. Degrassi. Degrassi. What's his last name? I can't remember. That sounds right. I start, I couldn't watch Cosmos. I was free. I was like, this is too much. I it's, can only deal what's on Earth. It's, oh my God. It's overwhelming. Also, I'm like you, and what do they look like? Are they cute like Alf? Are they going to look like a dog? Alf eats cats. And look, <laughs> we no, don't love true. Alf. No, I'm just Are they mean like War of the Worlds? <sighs> Are they coming in peace? If they're mean, why haven't they destroyed us yet? Maybe it's coming, Lacey. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I just, don't want this to be an Independence Day situation. Uh, but I wish I would know because I don't want to keep paying rent. I don't want to pay rent if the world's going to blow well, up. Well, I've seen some memes <laughs> like, I'm not paying off my student loans no. if there's aliens. Like, no. are you kidding me? I'm no. done with this. I'm done with this. The government's been keeping this from me this whole time, and I'm just paying taxes. I don't know what's about to happen. It's Shit's getting weird. Mm, but yeah. also speaking of weird shit. Did you see this on Instagram or anywhere that you get your news sources? <laughs> <laughs> Where this Japanese man spent 2 million yen, which is $14,000. Thank you. To turn into a dog. It's a collie costume. And he goes out in public in huh? it. Yes. I'm going to have to see this. Hold on. He turned... Like it's, it looks like a collie costume, and he walks around on his feet or on his hands and knees like a dog. It's crazy, and I'm like, Lord, it's time for you to come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh Between the God, aliens and people no. turning into dogs, and I'm not trying to be a shamer. You do you, whatever. I'm googling but a picture of this. This man is trying to legally become a dog. He says it's a lifetime fantasy of his. I'm just how is oh your Oh my god. How is your mental health? Oh my god. Isn't that the craziest? It's like a dog like Lassie and well that's a collie nerd. There's other collies. What are other collies? Don't all collies <clears throat> look the same? No, they don't. There's different kinds of collies. Like like what? I'll Google a collie. Please do. Just a, I'm thinking of like, look, I'm sorry for everyone listening. This one over here on the far. Okay. Like the black yeah. and white mix collie. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't or look like. like yeah. But like it's the like, sheepdog kind yeah, of look. Like, it's the last. It's the rough collie. It's the looks like last. Yes. So I'm really am concerned about this guy's mental health. And it's freaky looking. He hired a Japanese prop guy to build this collie suit. He eats dog food. He sleeps in a cage. No one knows who he is. He's called Toko, and that's and all we know. And it looks fake. I mean, it looks free, expensive and freaky. It's not illegal, and no. I'm not shaming you, but it's just very oh bizarre. God. We'll have to post a picture of this. Okay, but also, how hot is this outfit? And those claws are not correct. Those are like bare feet. Well, it's a human, Lacey. Look at those freaking... He, that's, that's his hands. He ha- No, but look at the, the claws. It's those so are weird. bear claws, not dog claws. He goes out in public and is walked on a leash like a dog. And like rolls over and let people scratch him. It's very bizarre. The body looks decent, except for the eye. The, the snout looks fake and those paws are not... They're bare feet. That's a polar bear. He's looked at weird pictures, okay? Just run immediately, everybody, and Google this if yeah, you haven't already Google seen it. it. Lacey's going to post I a picture. I just looked up Japan man dog, and that literally showed me. Crazy. Crazy. Oh, boy. Well. In other news. <laughs> I got nothing. I went and watched the new Haunted Mansion. How was it? It was really good. I've heard mixed things about it. Oh, did you hear bad stuff? Well, just some people were like, eh, it's not, it's okay. It's not like the first one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that throws people. But it has so many good actors. Owen Wilson's in it. Danny I DeVito, saw that. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. It's got a ton. It's totally different than, like I said, than the original one. Mm-hmm. The graphics are way better. There's some jump scares in it. 
Really? I messaged a couple other moms and was like, I thought it would be just funny the whole time. I'm taking Max to see this. And they looked at the trailer and both the other moms was like, I, my kid won't watch that. It looks too scary. Oh, have you seen Barbie yet? No, I have really no desire. I'll no watch, shame. I'll watch it when it comes out like everything else. I don't go to the movies, yeah. but uh, I'm living for the soundtrack. Soundtrack's good. And especially the Ryan Gosling, I'm just Ken. That's my favorite thing. I've watched so many clips from the movie. I feel like I've seen it where it's like, my job is beach. <laughs> Listen, well, so. my sister did go see it. She took my niece to go watch it and she said, there's really no plot. Oh. Like, there's not, like, she's not trying to rescue anybody or save the world, or there's no love story. It's just kind of like they're kinda, existing yeah. in a world, a Barbie world. I don't know. And then she tries to, like, be out of the Barbie world, and oh, then she okay. comes back to the Barbie. She said, but it's really anticlimactic. There's, and there's not, not, like, a... Like, a... Someone's not changing. Right. Or there's, yeah. Uh, well, she said it was good, but it just, there was no, like, aha moment. Yeah, there's a lot of Oppenheimer hoopla. I really want to see that. Samuel wants to see that. I do too. It's his kind of nerdy film. No, First of all, I mean, I'm not saying nerdy in a negative way. I'm meaning like it says the Barbie fan. <laughs> <laughs> says the I'll watch it all when it's out. Um, I I really want to see the, the Oppenheimer. I've been wanting to go, but I've just been and Max is not going to sit through that. So no. we watched Haunted Mansion and it was really good. So well, that sounds good. I also started binging a podcast, and I'm probably not going to listen to it on the drive to Florida, but <laughs> it's not murdery or anything, uh-huh. but it's called um, Long Shadow, and there's two seasons. I haven't heard of it. So the first season's all about 9-11. Oh, dear. And there's multiple episodes. I want to say maybe six or seven mm-hmm. episodes, and it breaks down everything from oh so like season one episode one is like why weren't more people rescued from the twin towers uh episode two is like was the target of the united airlines flight what was the target of united airlines flight 93 so it breaks down Mm -hmm. all of the yeah that's a good point all of the hearsay and the rumors Mm -hmm. and it just kind of gives you the facts um and then season two Two episode ones about Waco, oh. Ruby Ridge is episode two, Oklahoma City bombing is oh, so three. Okay. So it's just kind of um attacks. Bombing uh, attacks. Type well, thing. it's it's kind of people that are trying to rise up and mm. and be hate groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like trying to you know, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Um like the insurrection of January sixth. Yeah. It's just t- yeah. talks about that groups of people banding yeah. together, but it's Filled with hate. And against, then, the yeah, against the government. And they think everybody's against them. Well, that's Ugh. season two is all about that. And season one's all about like the difference in 9-11 and mm-hmm. like the hijackers and stuff. It's very interesting. Are you going to be in the same car as your sister? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to be in the She's same gonna car. She's going to be like, get this off With of my me. sister and her daughter and my son. And I'm like, well, well he'll have his headphones on. Yeah. He won't listen and, to and it. And Emma too. Emma's like. They're she, not interested in that. Right. Yeah. My sister will jump out of the car. She's like, no, we can't do this. But <laughs> it's super interesting. It's one that I can put on and like unload the dishwasher or yeah. make dinner and, you know. Yeah. I like vacuuming while having earbuds playing something. <laughs> my vacuum's too loud for that. Yeah, I have to listen to loud talkers when I'm, when I'm vacuuming. Like me? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, it. That's all I got. I don't have anything. So where are we next week? Oh. I don't know. I, oh, shit. You have them all written down. I, do. I need to figure it out. I have a calendar. Um, We are in New Jersey. Jersey. Okay. Wow. We'll, we'll see you there. Bye. Bye.